Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Friday, October 20th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Tuesday marks one year since a deadly shooting at Central Visual and Performing Arts High School in South St. Louis. Students from the school traveled to Jefferson City in February to talk about actions that should be taken, including passing a red flag law. If there's any kind of history there, like any sort of just alarm going off that maybe you can't handle the responsibility, you don't get the responsibility. In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Littman and Sarah Kellogg examine what action lawmakers have taken in the past year. Thousands in the St. Louis region are eligible for money from a roughly $3 million class action settlement Arch City Defenders has reached with St. Anne. The civil rights group filed suit against the city on behalf of people jailed between August 2011 and November 2022. St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson reports. In 2015, Donya Pierce of St. Louis was riding with a friend through St. Anne when a police officer pulled the driver over for a broken taillight. Pierce was taken to jail because she had warrants for tickets in St. Anne and other St. Louis County municipalities. She's among over 35,000 people who qualify for money from the St. Anne settlement. The lawsuit claims that the city illegally jailed people without asking about their ability to pay bond. Pierce hopes the settlement holds St. Anne accountable for its actions. I'm glad that we are getting some type of foot being put down as far as how we are allowed to be treated based off of our pockets. To file a claim, visit stnclassaction.com. The deadline is February 28th. I'm Andrea Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. The last living eyewitness to Emmett Till's kidnapping told his story at a Southern Illinois University Equity Symposium yesterday in Collinsville. The Reverend Wheeler Parker Jr. recounted the 1955 murder of his cousin and best friend. Parker was 16 when Till whistled at a white woman in Mississippi. Shortly after, two white men beat the 14-year-old to death. Parker says Till's story is emblematic of the black community's struggle in the South. And remember, this story shows where we came from, how we got here, and once you find out how you got to a certain place, then you know what to do to keep going. The white woman Till whistled at died this year. He was also accused of touching the woman, which Parker denies. Parker says he wishes Carolyn Bryant would have set the record straight before her death. St. Louis University is reviewing procedures after a data breach lasting roughly eight months. The Post-Dispatch reports the school notified potentially affected students and employees by letter. The compromised information could include social security numbers, health insurance information, and dates of birth. SLU says it does not have reports of identity theft or fraud related to the breach. Republican State Representative Mike Hafner plans to try again next year to curtail some foreign interests from owning land. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports. Hafner unsuccessfully pushed legislation this year that would have barred companies from China, Iran, North Korea, Russia, and Venezuela from purchasing land. But he says he's hopeful that there could be more momentum to pass the measure next year, especially after a similar bill passed in Arkansas. I believe that we do have a path on this. Whenever you come into an election year, we have way too many individuals that are far more concerned about getting their face on a camera instead of accomplishing a conservative agenda. Hafner's bill passed in the House, but he says changes made in the Senate were unacceptable, 
which is why he'll try again in 2024. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. Hafner made the comments on Politically Speaking. The episode is at stlpr.org. The Environmental Protection Agency estimates electricity production accounts for a quarter of greenhouse gas emissions in the U.S. That needs to go down to reach climate goals, and Ameren, Missouri recently updated plans to move away from fossil fuels. The utility's chief renewable development officer, Ajay Arora, says keeping rates down during the transition is a priority. Ultimately, we are replacing aging coal plants and aging generation resources. And so there's a cost that comes with it. Aurora says Ameren plans to bring on new wind, solar and battery projects this decade, as well as new natural gas plants for grid reliability. He says the company wants to reach net zero carbon emissions by 2045. A mobile clinic offering vasectomies is moving through Missouri this week. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports this is the third trip the clinic has made to the region to highlight the birth control method for men. This week, the specially outfitted trailer traveled to the parking lot at Planned Parenthood in the Central West End. Iowa Dr. Esgar Guarine and three others from the clinic plan to give the procedure to 40 people. Guarine used to work in Missouri and still maintains a medical license here. He says the mobile clinic helps fight the perception vasectomies, which render men sterile by cutting tubes that carry sperm, are painful and complicated. The initial thought of people is, oh, it's going to be complex. It has to be done in an operating room. And the reason for me to go with a mobile clinic was precisely to convey the message of simplicity of the vasectomy. He says most procedures take around half an hour. The mobile clinic is next to traveling to Rolla and Springfield. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. A former student at Central Visual and Performing Arts High School forced his way into the building in South St. Louis nearly a year ago and opened fire with a high-powered rifle. A series of coincidences helped limit the carnage, but the shooting left a student and teacher dead. Seven others were injured. Hundreds more were traumatized at CVPA and another school in the building, Collegiate School of Medicine and Bioscience. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman and Sarah Kellogg examine how policymakers responded. Michael Sack, then the interim chief of the St. Louis Police Department, had nothing but praise for the way his officers responded on that fall morning. They located and killed the shooter within minutes, but the investigation that followed made it clear the entire tragedy could have been avoided. The shooter's family knew he had mental health issues, Sachs said. They worked hard to get him treatment. They regularly checked his mail and his room. They contacted us and said that he had had a farm. I believe it could have possibly been this gun. The mother at the time wanted it out of the house. But Missouri doesn't have a way for police to seize firearms from people who could be a threat to themselves or others, what's known as a red flag law. The most anyone could do was transfer the gun to an adult who could legally have it. I've got to give give credit to the family. They, they made every effort that they felt that they reasonably could. Students and teachers from CVPA traveled to Jefferson City back in February. Their goal was to talk to lawmakers not only about how the shooting changed their lives, but what they wanted lawmakers to do about it. For many, including Jayana Stallworth, that meant passing a red flag law. If there's any kind of history there, like any sort of just alarm going off that maybe you can't handle the responsibility, you don't get the responsibility, kind of like if you can't have a puppy, you shouldn't have a puppy, but except it's a gun. 
It took Democratic Representative Peter Meredith, whose district includes CVPA, no time to act. The first bill he filed in the 2023 session would have established a red flag law. I filed the same one that the Republican legislature in Florida did. Uh, so it's pretty conservative, gives a lot of due process to make sure a person that if, if the, the claims aren't justified, they can get their guns back. However, in the Republican-led legislature, not only did Meredith's bill not pass, it didn't even get a hearing. No bill establishing any gun control in the state moved forward this session. Lawmakers did approve $50 million for school safety grants. Republican Representative John Patterson, the House Majority Floor Leader, said he isn't sure any specific law would have prevented the shooting. He's also not sure how effective a red flag law would be. There's no doubt that it might um, stop someone from doing something at, at a particular time. But to say that it would take away uh, gun violence or really make a huge difference, I think uh, there's really not that much evidence uh, to support that. Patterson says he doesn't see any bills that limit access to firearms having a chance of passing. With action at the state level unlikely, the St. Louis Board of Aldermen is trying to fill the gap with the limited power it has. Aldermen are considering a number of bills that create municipal offenses related to firearms, like a ban on machine guns. But Board President Megan Green acknowledges most would not have impacted the school shooting. And she says a local red flag law can't happen, even if the city regained the authority to pass gun control measures. One of the complications is that our municipal court system would not be authorized to enforce such a law or enforce penalties around such a law. The city has more control over its finances, and Green wants to see a bigger investment in mental health care. We've heard from our young people over and over and over again that they see their friends hurting and they need more support. The St. Louis Public Schools promised to make counselors available as long as students and staff at CVPA and CSMB needed them. But Byron Clements, a spokesman for the teachers union, wants mental health support for all students all of the time. Clements says there's no way to know whether that would have prevented last year's tragedy, but he says it might help a family access resources in the future. Despite the darkness of the day, Clemens says he saw some good emerge. We were focused like a laser for a short period of time on these surrounding issues. But we need to continue to do it and keep the focus on trying to protect children and families from gun violence. Even without the help of the state legislature. I'm Rachel Lipman. And I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio. Central Visual and Performing Arts and Collegiate School of Medicine and Bioscience will be closed Monday and Tuesday to mark one year since the shooting. Our Fred Ehrlich edited that report. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.